I want you to think back to your middle school education, roughly around grade six. For most of us, a teacher would come to the classroom with some condoms and maybe some bananas and some diagrams that would make everyone super uncomfortable and very giggly because we're talking about sex ed. And the fact that in most cases, it didn't actually prepare many people for sex. So what do we need to revamp about these programs? And uh, what is it that we are really taking away? What have most of us taken away from sex ed. We're getting into it right now with our guest, who's the founder and president of Let's Stop AIDS, Shaman Mohammed Jr. Shaman, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. You know, it's interesting when you start looking into it and start kind of thinking back in your own memory about the things that maybe you take away from these courses. Um, there's a big focus, and I, I want to know if you agree on this, on things like pregnancy, anatomy, from what I remember, a lot of STDs, STI kind of type content. Is that typical from what we see in most curriculums? Do they work uh, in a way that they're all kind of offering the same thing across the board in Canada? Absolutely. So one thing that was really clear, so this is our second edition of the Sexualized Report, which really focuses on youth sexual behavior, uh, especially this year's theme was heavily focused on the impact of sex ed. And it was clear that what we were learning in the conventional methods of addressing sexuality are obsolete, where it focused mainly, mostly on STIs, pregnancy, mm -hmm. and basic anatomy didn't really cover topics like equality, diversity, respect, and actual useful practical information like gender and sexual identity, consent, and pleasure. Yeah, I don't remember that being a conversation topic at all um, yeah, in, in, in public school sex ed. Um, is it because this idea of kind of teaching abstinence and, and hoping kids will shy away is still something that's really prevalent? I think it's a mixed issue. I think it's a mix of one, you're, you're asking um, a teacher who has a rough curriculum to create a lesson plan on something that they also may not be com comfortable talking about. Mm. It's not, uh, it's, it also starts on the level of the school curriculum that's assigned to that province that they have to work with. Some of these policies, any pro uh, uh, curriculums that are out in place are dated. They haven't kept up with time, and it's because of just dealing with controversy. Like, for example, six in ten young pe young people who participated in this report cited the internet as their primary source of sexual information, and and the second to that was really just their friends. Like, it, it really just pushes, like, one in three young Canadians felt that sex ed made them feel scared to have sex because they just didn't... It made it seem like this vicious, scary thing that... They, if they do it, they're going to get pregnant or get an STI. So modifying this programming then, I think, is something that's really important to look into. Was that the purpose of the Sex Live report that you referenced? I think the report was to let us know the state of Canada right now, of where we are, and to really highlight this alarming disconnect of what's being taught in school yeah. and what should be learned by Canadian youth. Young people are smart individuals, and they don't just suddenly go from being young people to adults. They're consistently still the same being of making decisions, and it's it's a little shocking when you're not aware about these these types of tools available to you, how it does affect your life. Like 80% of uh, young people who participate in the survey did, do not engage in regular STI and HIV testing. And one in four that did uh, get diagnosed with an STI or HIV report, they didn't end up receiving treatment. 
Wow. There's also, I think, some really interesting information, too, when it comes to how this plays out with sexual behaviors, lack of safety, and things like even using a condom is now something we're seeing a huge decrease in, right? Yeah, so condom use in 2020, uh, 53% of young people were using condoms all the time. That number has dropped 30% in 2023 to 23%. What I feel really the reason that's caused that decrease has been a lack of awareness, lack of access, um, just lack lack of just general um, knowledge available about it. it. You know, there was a young person that I spoke to recently that told me that if I don't know this knowledge. I don't even know where to start searching on mm-hmm. Google. Like, I don't know what to search for. And it's it's alarming that two, to, two out of three young Canadians surveyed felt that sex ed did not make them feel prepared for sex. So how do we sort of change this then, change the approach with sex ed, change the conversation a little bit so that we are adequately preparing kids that then grow into teenagers and young adults for, you know, I think real situations that they can keep themselves safe in? So we, the answer sounds simple, but it involves everyone. It involves the government, involves community, it involves our homes and families. We, we need a sex-positive and comprehensive approach to sex ed. Without this, Canadian youth are facing rising STI rates, gaps in their knowledge regarding consent, which leads to a broader issue of things like sexual assault. We've realized clearly from the survey that there isn't much discussed in schools about female sexual health. It's a very male-centric, dominated conversation about using condoms, but I don't remember ever hearing any of my friends talk about that they learned about female pleasure, anatomy, or IUDs, or forms of contraception in school. And we know that these are topics that young people end up learning for themselves searching online, which could give the wrong information. And, And really, this just leaves students unprepared for the realities of sex. Um, and it's, it just puts back on the picture that the implementation that we have right now is, is a little flawed and uh, we, we it leaves youth uncertain about navigating their sexual journeys. You know, you're going to see pushback and you're going to see the, the lines of conversation that, that sort of suggest that by teaching this, you're then encouraging it. What do you say to that? So knowledge is really important. And as I said, young people, just like a hundred years ago are very complex individuals and they don't just go from being young to instantly adults. They're the same being that gets knowledge and awareness. Uh, By providing this information, you actually allow them to be empowered to make responsible, positive decisions uh, rather than being in a moment where there's sexual assault or sexual pressure um, that they don't know about tools. Like less than 5% of uh, respondents mentioned they knew about any other HIV prevention method like PrEP, which is a medication you take once a day that gets your chances of getting HIV to zero. Mm. We've learned that these types of tools that are out there, if young people know about these tools uh, and they, they have it within reach, they're, they're more than open to use it. And it's just... Uh, it's just right now I'm optimistic because of the fact that there is a lot of young people that want to get involved. Our research isn't an academic exercise. It strengthens our programs, integrates youth into finding solutions. If young people are not part of the solution, uh, it really ends up being something that's not going to function. And as someone who's run Let's Stop AIDS for 19 years, I started it when I was 15. I remember how difficult it was for individuals to talk about sex. Uh, anywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm still just as passionate about about what the work we're doing. 
In in your research and, and in this report, the Sex Live report that uh, Let's Stop AIDS issued, Shaman, was there anything that really jumped out and really surprised you? I think what really surprised me was just how um, we're Canada as a whole, we're a very progressive country with some of our policies, but I don't think in our curriculum, but it's scary to see how um, we're slowly becoming less open-minded like you know we have what's going on in saskatchewan and new brunswick right now where there's less open-mindedness to gender identity and exploring and under understanding oneself i think that this is an area that canada can really improve on to ensure that we are ensuring our our younger generation that's going to be sexually active makes the most informed decisions and and it was just it was just a little um disheartening um and and to and the parts that really i would say like there were some quotes that came from there about teachers making young people feel uncomfortable to bring up those conversations or just the general fear mongering has never led to anything successful in the world mm-hmm. so it, it's it's better for us to be with a more positive attitude than than to cause fear to talk about something that we know will happen Shaman, thank you so much for making the time to, to outline this and, uh, and to explain your report and your research. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for having, having us and, and encouraging anyone listening to visit sexlawsreport.ca or just search for Let's Stop AIDS. Awesome. Shaman, thank you so much. That's Shaman Mohammed Jr., founder and president of Let's Stop AIDS, uh, and of course talking about their Sex Lives report.